Hello, and welcome to the Christ Church Cathedral Podcast. This is the sermon from our past Sunday, recorded live from the cathedral. We hope these words will really speak to your heart and mind. May the words of my lips and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I'd like you please to be seated. Again, it's just a, a joy to be back with you. number of sayings with God in them that we can bandy about. My hunch is that we're not always clear whether those sayings, words of wisdom, are in fact in the Bible. Take, for example, the statement, God helps those who help themselves. In the Bible or not in the Bible? In the Bible? I see a lot of he... Not in the Bible? Yeah, you've got it. You've got it. Uh, And it's the kind of saying, isn't it? We'd probably expect to find there, given the fact that we live in North America and many of us have grown up with this strong Protestant uh, work ethic. The deeper truth that the Gospel proclaims is that God helps those who don't help themselves, who can't help themselves, maybe even who won't help themselves. And why does God help those who can't help themselves or don't help themselves or maybe even won't help themselves? Well, simply because of who God is. God's love for you and me, is really a love that has no strings attached. And that's the truth that the story from John's Gospel this morning so beautifully illustrates. The story which shows us just how far God's love is willing to go, irrespective of how that love is received. It's the story of Jesus' healing at a pool called Bethesda near the Sheep Gate in Jerusalem. There's a guy there. He's been languishing for 38 long years amidst the five alcoves surrounding the pool. Now, incidentally, archaeologists have actually excavated a double pool near the Sheep Gate with four alcoves around the sides and a fifth down the centre divide between the two baths. Just saying. Later manuscripts talk about an angel stirring the waters with the first to enter those waters being healed. Perhaps the waters were occasionally disturbed by a a bubbling spring containing health-promoting minerals, as with some present-day spas. Anyway, Jesus approaches the man. Do you want to be made well? Jesus asks. Note that the guy doesn't reach out to Jesus. Jesus finds him. And in response to Jesus' question, this guy's not even able to give a straight out, yes, yes, actually I do want to get better. He can't, or maybe he won't say it. 
Perhaps it's just been too long. Any hope of actually getting better has long since withered and dried up. Sir, he laments, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water's stirred up. And while I'm making my way, someone gets there ahead of me. Can you hear his resignation? His loneliness? Well, Jesus doesn't mess around with the supposed healing powers of the bubbling water. Stand up, he commands. Take your mat and walk. And the guy does. The story is one of unsolicited grace. There's nothing in this man's actions, there's nothing in this man's attitude that accounts for his cure after nearly four decades of affliction. Nothing. He simply receives this incredible gift of healing. There's nothing about his faith working the miracle. No, God here helps those who don't even ask for God's help. We sing, don't we, about the wideness of God's mercy, the boundlessness of God's grace, the unfathomable riches of his love. And still this grace continues. As the story unfolds, there's no mention anywhere of this guy even thanking Jesus. He just picks up his mat and walks. Only it's the Sabbath. And carrying his mat equates to work. So the religious brass are on Christ's case. It's the Sabbath. It's not lawful for you to carry your mat. They accuse the man. Well, once again, this dejected and lonely guy has got his answer. Oh, it's not my fault. I'm only doing what the guy who healed me told me to do. Passes the buck. So when Jesus later finds this guy in the temple, he warns him, Listen, you've been made well. Do not sin anymore that nothing worse happens. Perhaps Jesus is warning the guy not to slide back into his hopeless way of thinking honed by all those years languishing at the poolside. So what does the guy do? Well, he goes back to the authorities. Not skipping and dancing that he's been made whole again, but to let them know that in fact it was Jesus Christ who healed him on the Sabbath. Perhaps he's thinking that if the authorities go after Jesus, they'll get off his case, which is precisely what happens. From which point, the authorities stop questioning Jesus and start conspiring against him. Because of this unfortunate habit of his of doing such things on the Sabbath.
So of all those folk languishing around the pool in those alcoves, did Jesus get it wrong in singling out this guy? I mean, he's probably the least willing, the least grateful of anyone Jesus heals in all of John's gospel. Or maybe that's the precise reason why John includes the story. God's love, God's grace, God's healing blows up any notions we might have of who's deserving and who's not. John's gospel never tells us why some people get healed and some don't. What the story does tell us is that God's healing is not about our having to have enough faith. It's not a case of God helping those who help themselves. And Jesus doesn't heal just to get stroked by the gratitude or the praise or the devotion of the one healed. Jesus heals people simply because he's doing the work of his Father. And you know, that can be challenging, can't it, for us? Challenging because even if we know that the adage, God helps those who help themselves, is not biblical, you know, it's kind of still a statement that resonates with most of us, resonates with me deep down. We often want God to be a God who helps those who help themselves. We want God to be a God who steps up for deserving cases, at least in our eyes, and turns God's back on undeserving ones. And it's challenging not only because God refuses to be confined by our notions of what God should and shouldn't do. It's also challenging Because for us as followers of Jesus, God calls us and God empowers us to treat others in the same way that God treats us. Those who are deserving in our eyes and those who are not. When it comes to coming alongside people, reaching out to them, befriending them, God never seems too concerned about skin colour or bank balance or political views or even religious belief for that matter. We welcome Emma and Larson and Harold and a host of others at our resting centre getting to know them and love them as kin not because we want them to be like us nor because we want them to come to church on Sunday nor because they tick all the boxes on who deserves it. We open our hearts to them because the same God who healed a guy who couldn't even screw himself up to say, yes, I want to be healed, wants to grow and deepen in us the same kind of openness and expansiveness of heart whether we like it 
or whether we don't. The unfathomable riches of God's love. John reminds us that no one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. The same Son, Jesus Christ, reveals to us this morning a God whose goodness and generosity simply knows no limits. Who wills that not some people, but all people have life and have life in all its fullness. So this morning, may we be open not only to receive this abundance, may we be just as willing to give thanks and then to share that life and to share that love generously with those so desperate to experience it in their own lives, whether they're deserving in our eyes or whether they are not. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a production of Christ Church Cathedral. Audio editing and original theme by Eduardo Farias. We hope you join us again soon. Have a blessed day.